All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. Guys, this episode of Front Porch Swingers is brought to you by our friends at Cassidy.com. Cassidy is a lifestyle site with tons of features, and one of my favorite ones is their rendezvous feature, which allows you to tell people when you're looking to meet some new folks. So if you're heading out to a cool place, you're going to a concert, you happen to be visiting a new city, you can let people know that you're going to be there and that you're interested in meeting, and they can come out. So it's just a really great way to network with people very easily and seamlessly using a very secure platform. And of course, we would love for you to try it and you can do it for free. You can try Rendezvous on Cassidy as well as all of their other features free for 30 days. When you go to frontporchswingers.com, go all the way to the bottom of the homepage and click on the Cassidy banner. And once you get there, make sure you shoot us a friend request. You can ask us for a backstage pass. We'd love to send you some naughty photos there. So we will see you at Cassidy.com. So I feel like there are many important things we could open the show with this week, but the most important has to be (laughs) Brian has officially found his Halloween costume. I did not find said Halloween costume. It found me. It spoke to me. I am not a Halloween guy. I'm not a costume guy. I fucking hate all of that shit. It wears me out. However. Why does it wear you out? Because I think it's so fucking fun. It's such a drag. First of all. Forever, I mean, for 30 plus years, I had to, I had clubs that had to be decorated and restaurants that had to be decorated for all the holidays. I mean, that shit just wears you out. I, I had no interest in it. By the time it was over, I was done. Also, I have a cousin who was born on Halloween. You would think that it was actually her personal holiday. So going to her house, like when I was a kid, it was it was crazy. It was literally like going to a fucking haunted house. It just, I couldn't stand it. So for me, it's just too much. Even as a kid, you know, you get those plastic masks in the kit when you got them at the store, at the grocery store or whatever your parents got them for you. Yeah. I fucking hated that thing. I can still feel myself sweating in it. And, it, you know, it was fucking, it was a drag. I just didn't like it. So I think I've been traumatized from that and I just don't want to do it. However, we are going to be, for Halloween, we are going to be at Podbash. Yes. There's going to be an event. And well, well, it's the week before Halloween. It's the week before. But... It's like Hollow Swing. I was not looking forward to that at all. I was certainly not prepared to be dressed. You know me. I'm just going to kind of end up in the background. You weren't excited for the costume part of Pod no. Bash. You are very excited for Pod Bash. Yeah, not the costume <laughs> part and not the nightclub part. That's the part that kind of I, my skin crawls a little bit because I know how anxious I get. Well, we were shopping yesterday and we just happened to go down the costume aisle in this store and here's this magnificent unicorn onesie hanging there. <laughs> it's like a plushy costume. It's it is fucking awesome. Fucking insane. So of course you, without my consent, took a video of me trying to get this thing on, which was not funny at all. It was and you hilarious. posted it. It <laughs> you was had not it all funny. Backwards. You're putting your leg in the armhole. This thing is fucking phenomenal, though, and I'm so excited to see you in it. And we also talked about the fact that you are going to be completely nude under it because you have to be. Yeah. Because otherwise, you will literally die. Yeah. There's no so, way. So. 
I think it's kind of sexy to think of this like big brawly dude who is going to be in a plushy onesie unicorn costume that can easily unzip and like your goods can easily be accessible should you and other people want them to be. Well, I can assure you I'm probably going to be in this thing for a total of 15 minutes. (laughs) It is so fucking hot. I had it on in the store and for the amount of time I had it on for the few minutes it took, I was sweating. I was like, this this is terrible. It's a terrible idea, but I have to have it. So for those of you coming to Podbash, you have that to look forward to. I'm very excited. Or not to look forward to, whichever (laughs) you decide to go with. Or avoid us like the plague that night so you don't have to see Brian in a plushy unicorn onesie. Yeah, absolutely. Probably not my best look, but I I just have to do it. So I'm going to. Well, we're going to be at Secrets next week for some Podbash preparation. And I have some fun planned while we're there that I am so excited for. For example, my sexy Frenchman friend Pierre is going to come out. He and I have been talking about some kind of dirty plans that we might have. So, and you know, of course, nothing about them because that's our game. I love surprising you with these things later. I do know that Pierre is the conductor of Naughty Games, so I can only imagine what's in store. Oh yeah, he is the instigator to the nth degree and I fucking love him for that. So yeah, that will very likely be going down next week and uh, of course we'll tell you guys about it. And also Theo might come and uh, do some fun stuff with oh me. i didn't know that that's yeah. good yeah i enjoy his company he's got just great energy so we have some some definite naughtiness in the future plans yesterday as we're recording this i had some afternoon delight fun with my friend max you did which we're not going to cover in detail today but i thought that something that was so sexy about that particular interaction was you and i obviously love reconnecting after i've been with someone else but we kind of pre-gamed this particular play session we did well you were you were just on another level yesterday with your your naughtiness oh my so. god my libido was through the fucking roof yesterday yeah you were like so if it works out uh, at about 1.30, Max is going to come over, and so let me suck your cock. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, how did we go from, wait, what What just happened? I was getting ready to go work out. I'm like, wait a minute, wait, what? Yeah, what? to be fair, you could have been the responsible adult and been like, no, I need to go work out. We will have sex later. But you're like, okay, yeah, well, whip I mean, that cock right out. Yep. Didn't take very much. Didn't have sure to twist did. that arm too hard. No. No, absolutely not. I was still responsible. I got my cock sucked and I got my workout in. You did. In enough time for you to hang out with Max. Yes. Yeah, I think I did very well. (laughs) I was impressed. (laughs) Yeah, but we don't normally do that. No, and it was sexy because you were like, while I was sucking your cock, you were telling me the things that you thought I should do with Max or that you thought would be sexy if I did with him. Yeah. I was so fucking turned on by that. And what was really hot is when I was actually with him, it was like your voice playing a message in my head. Oh, so I could do that? Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to start whispering things in your ear so that you think about them while you're with somebody else. Like subliminal messaging? Yeah, just to throw you off your game. (laughs) Throw me off my game? Why would you do that? I want to see what you can do. I want to make sure you you can compartmentalize. You thinking of me in in the unicorn onesie, for example. That cannot help your libido. Oh, no. That'll totally turn me on. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It's frightening to look at. I'm looking at it right now and it's frightening me. So yeah, definitely some naughtiness that's been had that's coming up and we'll talk about all of that soon. We should also mention that this episode of Front Porch Swingers is going to be framed a little bit differently than most of our other episodes. Yeah. Because for those of you who have listened to us in the past, you know that we always do single guy tip of the week and then we go into the retelling for the week kind of later on. And this week we're going to switch things up a little bit and I think at the end you'll kind of understand why that is. Well, it's also, I think it's cautionary as well. You got kind of a hot wife tip in there too because you you learn some things from this. 
major things. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think any time a situation goes off the rails as horribly as this particular thing This thing, thing went did, out with a fucking flame. It was quick. <laughs> when that happens, you have to take some personal responsibility for it. It's a two-way street. So I'm going to talk about that as well and, you know, maybe throw myself on the sword a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really surprised at how badly this thing took a left turn. <laughs> So, so fucking crazy. We'll get to all of that super soon. But I wanted to talk a little bit about some new theories, studies. So here's the thing. A lot of times porn kind of mirrors trends going on in the world, right? In the world of sexuality. Yeah. For example, there is often a list that comes out of like the most search porn or the most increases in searches of types of porn. For the last few years, cuckolding has been a big one. And as you know, that is exploding right now. Yeah. So one that's really big right now is male-on-male porn, like bisexual male porn. And supposedly it is on the rise with all sorts of different types of people, straight women, bisexual women, straight presenting men even, which I find interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, are you though? I mean... Are you straight presenting? I mean, presenting, yeah, but are you straight if that's your thing? Listen, here's the thing. There's, I think a lot of people don't know what they like necessarily until, you know, it's like you don't know you don't like Brussels sprouts until you taste them. How do you know? I mean, I guess. I also think that sexuality is just fluid. You can be yeah. a straight presenting man for the first 40, 50, 60 years of your life and then be like, yeah, I might want to suck a cock. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, I think people they need to open their minds up a little bit. And listen, it's like anything else. You, you see it, you don't like it, you don't watch it anymore. But I, like you said, I, I was not privy to this until you told me about this, this study. Uh, but I'm not surprised that people are a little bit more open to, to kind of viewing different things at this point and trying to decide what they do or do not like. I think it's fucking awesome. I think, I mean, granted, we've talked about, you have to look at porn through a certain lens. I think if you are sure. brand new to the world of male bisexuality and you go look up some of the porn that is male bisexuality, it can be a little terrifying. Well, all porn is I mean, listen, it's not based in reality, that's for sure. So I don't care what genre of porn you're looking at. You know, they take some, let's call them artistic liberties. It's not, like we talk about this all the time, like kids should not be looking at porn to determine what kind of sex they want to have. Right. You know, fucking insane. So it is what it is. It's porn. It's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. I'm just saying maybe this is a step in the right direction. It's a foot in the door of people being more open about the things that they like and also not being so like fetishizing about it. You know, not like, oh, I just love the idea of a man having sex with a man, but like I accept that and I am fully open to, you know, men being able to express their sexuality in the same ways that women do without any sort of weirdness. Well, hopefully it becomes a little bit more, I don't know that mainstream is the right term, but certainly more acceptable, like you said, and more understood. How about that? Let's Especially go. Especially in this fucking space. Jesus. Oh, it's people. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we're ridiculous. already doing something that is so far outside of the norm for you to judge what other people are doing and what they put in their mouth and where they put it where. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Let people live their lives. Just enjoy yourselves. Doesn't <laughs> matter. You know? But yeah, I think that's interesting. I did not read that. I will now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll link it in the show notes for everyone. Nice. I thought it was an interesting read. So. Yes. So like I said, we're going to get to our retelling here shortly. But first, we want to say a very big thank you to the partners of the Front Porch Swingers podcast. We are so excited to welcome Sling It Bikinis as a partner of the Front Porch Swingers podcast. 
Sling It Bikinis are wild and sexy sling bikinis and monokinis. And if you're looking to stand out at your next pool party or other naughty gathering and make sure all eyes are on you with the sexiest and slinkiest sling bikinis on the market, then you are going to want to check out the wild styles at slingitbikinis.com. Yeah, they show off the curves in all the best ways. They certainly do. One of my absolute favorite styles is one that has this ring, O-ring detail on it. It's called Midnight Mass, and it comes in all sorts of fun colors. Of course, my favorite is the hot pink. And something else I love about Sling It Bikinis is that a lot of them are open cup, and you can pair them with some of the cutest pasties on the market. So if you go to Sling It Bikinis, you can check out their full line of swimwear as well as their pasties. You're going to want to stock up on these before your next pool event or really any chance where you want to be mostly naked. Yeah, there's no better way to be mostly naked than in one of these sling of bikinis. They are hot. Absolutely. And if you use our promo code, which is FPS20, FPS20, you're going to get 20% off of your order. Again, that's slingitbikinis.com and promo code FPS20 at checkout. This episode of FPS is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Let's be real. The world is a really confusing place right now. There are so many different things that we're dealing with, and sometimes you just need someone to talk to and work through some issues with. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And one of the best parts is you can do it from anywhere around the world from the comfort of your home via your computer or your phone. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor as well. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you will never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling as well and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today day. And I wanted to share one of the reviews from the counselors on BetterHelp, Dr. Joelle Callio. Dr. Callio has an amazing way of helping you get to the root of your issue and offering helpful advice on reframing your thinking and healing. Who doesn't need more of that in their life? We are huge proponents of BetterHelp, and we would love for you to visit betterhelp.com FPS. And join over 1 million people worldwide who have taken care of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for listeners of our podcast. Get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com FPS. So as you guys know, I have been a little bit naughty lately, and for whatever reason, some of that naughtiness, a lot of that naughtiness, has included some massages. And I think one of the reasons I personally am so excited to be giving so many naughty massages right now is because of the massage oils I have available to me from Promescent. For example, just yesterday, I used the vanilla-scented massage oil from Promescent. Oh my gosh, it smelled so good. And what I love most about the massage oil is that 
but it never becomes sticky or gloopy. It really does maintain the right consistency to make sure that everything can be slippery and sexy during that massage. That is just one of the products that I love from Promescent. I am a huge proponent of their buzzing gel. I use it pretty consistently during my solo play, but of course, when I'm getting down with a partner, I can put it on for a little bit of extra sensation and excitement during my play as well. So check out the full line of bedroom wellness products from Promescent by heading to promescent.com. That is P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com. Use our promo code FPS15OFF, FPS15OFF for 15% off of your order today. So this will be an interesting one because I think it's a a very deep contrast between the play session and what has transpired since the play session. Yeah, that was kind of what I was intimating earlier. These things don't mirror one another. I mean, the interest that you had in this guy to begin with and the experience that you had that you're going to talk about, which I know nothing about other than you really enjoyed it, is not reminiscent at all of what has taken place. Right. It's been a shit show very quickly. Very quickly. So let's talk about it. You guys heard us talk about, heard me talk about this gentleman a couple of weeks back. He's the one that I did the massage with and he stuck most of my foot in his mouth and he gave me the amazing oral and we had such a good first session together and we really kind of developed a friendship. I mean, I always try to develop connections and friendships with the people I'm playing with, but it definitely seemed like, especially after that first time that we were together, there was a lot of us talking and getting to know each other and a lot of this, the talk had nothing to do with sex. Yeah, I mean... He's not a lifestyle guy, first of all. I, mean, I think we need to preface this by saying that. He's more of a poly guy. He's, he kind of spends his time in that space. So this was a little bit different for him as well. And I think the idea that you and I like to develop those relationships with play partners kind of played right into what he's accustomed to. So to begin with, this was a kind of a very comfortable thing. Well, we teeter on that line between non-monogamy and more of a swinging dynamic and polyamory. We've talked about that many times. We skirt that line. And it was kind of nice to find someone who's a little bit more in the world of poly because it seemed effortless in us really getting to know each other and being on the same page with, like I said, developing that connection with one another. Yeah, even knowing full well, of course, we're leaving. This is not going to be a poly type situation. But because that's kind of where he lives, it was just an easy kind of uh, relationship for you to fall into. So we decided to play a second time. And I want to talk about that play session. I think it will kind of speak to why certain things went down the way they did after that play session. And I want to preface this entire thing by saying, I think the reason that we decided to frame this episode the way that we did and are going to talk about the things that we're going to talk about is mostly because I am accepting a large chunk of the responsibility here. Not all of it, of course, but a large chunk of it. And I think that there is something to be said for growth, even if you've been in the lifestyle for a while. If you find yourself in a kind of new situation and you learn something from it, even if it's a train wreck, it doesn't have to be a complete loss. So we're going to talk about that as well. Oh, it's definitely a learning experience. You know, for me, I I really kind of leave myself out of the connections that you make with a lot of your play partners. For example, I you and I don't discuss intimately what it is that you're talking to these guys about. So I'm not privy a lot of times to what's happening in the, within the dynamic of your conversations with them. But I could tell 
something was going on because there are times when you and I simply do not correspond with other people. We're out together, we're doing something, our faces are not buried in our phones. For a period of a couple of days, you were constantly texting back and forth and I could tell it wasn't an awesome level of communication. Like not, there weren't great things going on because you seem frustrated. Yeah. You know, and I, I was able to read that. And at one point I was like, you know, it was like 10 o'clock at night and we were just kind of cuddled up on the couch. And I'm like, who are you texting? Why are you still texting at this time of night? What's going on? And then you kind of told me, yeah, this thing's going fucking south. This is, this is not awesome. Yeah. So we'll get to that. Let's talk about the play session first. Yeah, I'm dying to hear this. So... I mentioned the first time the sex with this guy is fire. It is fucking hot. Both times have been amazing. But that first time really got me excited to explore with him again. And what was really fun is in between the first and the second play session, we were talking about other things we might want to do. He is, I would say, fairly inexperienced in terms of less conventional types of sex. For example, he really wanted me to do some masturbation and for him to watch. He has never watched one of his partners masturbate. Oh, that's Which I found so interesting. Yeah. So that, that gives you an idea of some of the things we were going to kind of explore together, right? So he comes over one evening. I ask you if, if it's okay if he comes over. You said yes. He comes over. We sit on the couch here and we had a drink together and we're talking and much of the discussion that we were having was very, you know, it was just us being friendly with each other. I really wanted to get to know him because I didn't totally understand him. There were a lot of qualities about him that I didn't fully grasp or understand. He's just a very unique person. I think that's a good way to put it. Well, there are a lot of question marks there. That, and again, like you said, he possesses a lot of qualities and interests and, and a background that you don't entirely understand either. So there, there was that. Yeah. So it was fun to just get to know him. He's very kind of over the top and, you know, kind of loud, but in a kind of a charming way. Now, uh, to be fair, and I want to say, I want to make sure I get this out. I did tell you a number of times what to expect with this particular person, because I know the DNA. I know the psyche. And I, I tried to tell you, this is not the same person you're, you know, kind of used to hanging out with. There are going to be some things that you're, at some point you're going to kind of go, huh, that's, that's weird. Or that's yeah. interesting. You guys have kind of a pseudo similar background. I have just known a lot of people like him. Right. So I knew instinctively what you were going to encounter. And I didn't want to turn you off to the idea. I certainly didn't want to try to have you, you know, change your mind about seeing him. I just wanted you to be prepared because I knew there were some things that you were going to encounter with this guy that you've never encountered with another partner before. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the main kind of qualities about him is that he does have this kind of loud, over-the-top personality. I found myself multiple times before that second play session when we're just sitting there together, kind of trying to tone him down. In fact, I think two or three times I was like, hey, I'm right here. Like, you don't have to yell. Those types of things. And I do think that that worked well because it did kind of start to create a little bit of a trust and bond with us going into the second session, okay? So then it's time for us to start engaging and he's kissing me and it's fantastic and I'm rubbing all over him I'm rubbing his cock it's all fantastic and then I decide okay many of the things that we talked about beforehand I am going to implement I'm really going to take the reins and be in control in this situation which you know is not my normal MO no but I was excited to do that because he had mentioned that that's really what he wanted I wanted to please him and also because I am trying to kind of broaden my sexual horizons well you're definitely you listen every 
everybody that knows us or that listens to the show knows, you are submissive. You are always the bottom for the most part, particularly when it comes to men, right? Dominant men, you're, you're the bottom. So for you to have an opportunity to maybe kind of steer the ship is always fun because you, you really do enjoy that on occasion and when the mood is right. Right. And when the partner is right. right. And it absolutely was in this situation. And I kind of loved, he is this big kind of muscular dude. And there is something sexy about telling a man that looks the way that he does what to do because it's such a paradigm shift from what people think is the norm right. in the world of kink, right? Like a big muscular dude you assume is going to be the dominant force. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So the fact that he wasn't was a total fucking turn on for me. So the whole thing starts by I am in this little dress right I pull the dress up and I'm I'm laying on the edge of the bed basically I have almost my ass hanging off the edge of the bed I spread my legs I have no panties on and I start masturbating for him and I'm talking dirty while I'm doing it I have a pillow propped up behind my neck and I'm telling him like you know or I'm asking him what is what does that look like for you are you turned on right now do you want to touch me should I let you come over here and touch me and the whole time he's like stroking his cock over his pants and talking about how bad he wants me. And so I'm he's like, still dressed. He's completely dressed. Okay. Yeah. And it was that was hot too because it was like, I have all the power. You're keeping your clothes on. He asked me if he could stroke his cock. And I was like, not yet. And I was like, do you want to come touch my pussy? And he was like, yes, I do. And I was like, not yet. <laughs> so are you using a vibrator, wand, nope, anything? No, I'm just using my hand. Gotcha. Using my hand. I'm fingering myself. I'm playing with my clit. I am staring directly at him the entire time I'm doing this. Once again, certain level of confidence. That is a very vulnerable thing to do. Yeah, that's not that's not you at all. No. And I fucking did it. And I felt sexy as hell doing it. So I did that for quite a while. And then I was like, I want to see you stroke yourself now. So I told him, I commanded him to take off all of his clothes, put them on the couch and start stroking his cock. So that's exactly what he did. We were kind of doing like a mutual masturbation, staring at each other. So he's standing still at the foot of the bed. Yes. And we're probably at least four or five feet apart from each other. I mean, there is some distance there, which I also liked. It was just that giant tease. And I felt very in control control powerful sexually powerful in that moment yeah i imagine you would because that is not your normal comfort zone so after a little while i'm like do you want to touch me and he says yes so he comes over and starts just kind of lightly brushing my skin he is just barely kind of putting his fingers like on my pussy lips and then a little bit on my clit and he's like I want to taste you so bad once again something we talked about ahead of time is he wanted me to ride his face so I'm like okay you're gonna lay on the bed and I'm gonna ride your face and he got immediately this big fucking smile on his face yeah once again not your comfort zone at all I rarely do that it is very rare for me yeah that's not that's not normal for you at all listen I got a lot of Okay, it is not like I am a small lady crawling onto someone. I can easily suffocate someone with this ass. It's a lot of booty. Yeah. So I think about those types of things when I think about riding someone. But at the same time, here's a guy who has clearly seen my ass up close and personal and was still very excited for me to be on his face. So I felt fairly confident doing it. Yeah, you may as well accommodate. So I I crawl onto his face. I'm teasing him while I'm doing it too. I'm like straddling him. I kind of like touch his cock just a little bit. And then I'm almost like sitting on his chest. And I'm like, do you really want me to ride your So face? are you facing toward him or away from him? I am facing toward him. Okay. So his feet are to my back. Gotcha. Okay. So then eventually after I tease him for several minutes, 
I'm like, I'm going to crawl onto your face. And he's like, please do. So I get on and I literally plant myself on his fucking face. And instead, of, he very lightly started kind of licking me. But I was like, oh, no, no, no. You're not going to be in control in this situation. You're going to be shocked by this. I grabbed his head on each side literally between my legs and started riding quite literally his face. I was using his tongue and his chin and maybe even a little bit of his nose to do whatever the fuck I wanted. That's new. You don't even, you've never even done that with me. I've never done it before ever. I've never rode someone's face like that before. Yeah. Basically using his face as a sex toy. Yes. Yeah. It was fucking hot. And what was really hot to me about it is he likes that objectification. One of the things that he's told me multiple times is that he welcomes that from people that he trusts and enjoys playing with. So he likes the idea, for example, instead of being like, you're so sexy, he would rather me say, I love using your cock or I love using your tongue. That, that idea of almost like he's my sex toy. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, I would never do that without consent. We've talked multiple times about people in the lifestyle treating other people that way. And it's fucking horrible. But if you want it, I will sure as fuck do it for you yeah it's just that that's just part of that conversation that you have right to determine what play looks like and if he's open to it or your partner's open to it by all means yeah so i was absolutely using his face as my sex toy i was riding all over i came on his face twice the second time i'm fairly certain i squirted just a tiny bit because i kind of reached down and felt his chin and it is soaking wet oh i'm sure it's all over him yeah it was so fucking i just about drowned this man honestly if i would have come one more time on his face it would have been it would have been lights out (laughs) not literally but that was what was going through my mind at that point so it was pretty fucking hot it sounds hot and that's again not that is not your normal state when you are in a situation like that you don't first of all you don't typically take charge and you certainly are not going to climb on top of somebody's face and use that like a sex doll that's not a thing (laughs) so i got off of his face after coming a couple of times kind of very lightly made out with him kind of helped clean him up just a tiny bit because he is literally covered in saliva and cum and then i start going down on him and i'm sucking his cock and it's getting rock fucking hard and i take a condom and i slide it on and i decide i'm gonna ride him again i'm gonna use his cock as my toy again any conversation going on at this point i mean you're telling him you're gonna do this Very little, very little conversation. We were both so fucking worked up at this point because I think that we both loved being in that role so much, the role that we're not necessarily automatically geared towards but it just fitting together so well and obviously resulting in me coming all over his fucking face we were just both so excited so it was kind of this frenzied moment of like let's get this condom on i'm gonna jump on that cock and so i am going up and down on his cock like crazy and i was so wet that i mean he has a, a nice large cock and typically i love that like initial stretch it's so sexy to me especially when it's a bigger cock And I really didn't even feel it because I was so wet and so worked up that it just slid right in. (laughs) So I'm bouncing all over his cock. I come on his cock multiple times. I remember very distinctly this one thing that is just kind of, I, I always find these little snippets of play sessions that somehow become seared in my memories. They're so distinct, right? At one point, I have one hand on each of his pecs, and he has these obviously very nice muscular pectoral muscles, and I'm I'm gripping onto them hard while I am bouncing myself up and down on him, and the harder I grip onto him, the more 
enticed he becomes. The more this look on his face just becomes like, holy fuck. Like, he was loving it. Well, it's the attention, obviously, that's that you're paying to, you know, the entire image, right? You're grabbing him. Your hands are on him. They're not on the bed. You're not touching yourself. You're touching him. Imagine all of that stimuli. Plus, of course, you're you're having an orgasm, so you're clenching anyway. That's just a lot of stimulation. It was hot as fuck. So <laughs> we did that for quite a while, and then he flipped me over, and he started pounding me from the top. So he's on top. I'm on my back. He has one of my legs up kind of almost at a 90 degree angle so that he has plenty of room to just fuck me so deep. I start playing with my clit at the same time that he's penetrating me so deeply, which you know that deep penetration with a little bit of clitoral stimulation sends me over the fucking edge. I came so hard. I clenched so hard that he literally couldn't continue to pump into me. Yeah, it's tough. I had, I had a, a death grip on his cock. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when you do that. There's You're not moving anywhere. <laughs> so that went on for quite a quite a while. At one point, I also kind of bridged myself. So I put my hands flat on the bed. I kind of pushed my ass up because he's kind of a taller dude. His legs are kind of long. So to be able to give him full access to me, I I put myself in that kind of half bridge position. And that was fantastic too. He was hitting the exact spot that I needed him to. And while this is all going on, we are talking so dirty to each other. Most of the time that he's on top of me, I'm talking about how much I love that cock. Once again, that objectification that he wants. I'm not saying you're so sexy or you're so this, you're so that. It's all about the cock. I love that cock. That cock is doing exactly what it needs to be doing for me. Right. That whole mentality of me being in control and telling him what I wanted. At one point, I was like, you need to pick up the pace for me. And he was like, okay. So he does. And just once again, constant instruction and constantly me putting myself in the role of the power player. Yeah, basically, he's being used by you for your pleasure kind of thing, which obviously works for him. And for his pleasure, he totally fucking gets off on it. So we fucked like that for quite a bit. And then I took the condom off and I got down kind of on all fours, hunched down by his cock and started sucking it again. And he was like, I'm going to come pretty soon. Where do you want me to come? And I was like, I want you to come on my face. So he did. He came. (laughs) Also not your thing. (laughs) Kind of almost not in my mouth, but around my mouth and down my chin. Yeah, not your thing though normally. It was not my thing. But I think one of the reasons that I liked it is because a lot of the things that happened during this play session felt like things that if you didn't do them in the right mindset, it wouldn't work. For example, coming all over his face while I'm riding it and using his chin as part of my sex toy. You know, that whole thing. Like, that's not something you would do if you're not in the right mindset for it. Well, or with the right partner, obviously someone who is, you know, want, that's reciprocated, you yeah. know, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, all of those things coming together, you know, that's pretty explosive. It was very, very nice. So he comes on my face and we both just kind of sit there for a second He's covered in my cum because I came so hard when he was on top of me that it literally like went all over his like stomach and legs and I'm now covered in his cum and the whole thing was just, it was very kind of animalistic too on top of it. I just didn't fucking care where cum was or, or any of those things. It was just everything happened in the moment. We were very much living in the moment during this play session. Well, listen, it, it was a while. I, I left, obviously took off and, and kind of did my own thing. 
and it was a long time before I had heard from you. And then, of course, when I when I got back to our place, you know, the sheets, the blanket, everything are, are on the floor because they're they now need to be laundered. You know, I was like, okay, this this went well. Yeah. Th- th- something something happened here. There was cum and sweat everywhere, and I loved it. And I what I also loved, and I think this is going to speak to kind of the story we have coming up afterwards about what has transpired since then, is we kind of get ourselves cleaned up. And with most other play partners, once you're out of bed, you're you're kind of out of bed, right? Yeah. Like this is not a situation where you're gonna lounge together, and right. it's like you get up, you clean yourself up. Maybe I give them a glass of water. We have a couple of minutes of chit chat, and then they typically leave. That was not this at all. We both take the chance to get ourselves cleaned up and then we get back in bed together for a good 10 minutes and we're just touching each other. We're talking about how hot that was for both of us. He was talking about how amazing it was with me writing his face and how he wants to do that again. He was talking about how sexy I looked while I was touching my pussy. There was a lot of communication about what had just happened and what we wanted to do in the future together and even more things that we wanted to explore together. And I think that speaks to not only a deep sexual connection and how much fun we have together, but also, you know, a desire to continue to see this thing grow in different ways. Yeah. Like I said, he is, he comes from that poly space. He's not necessarily a lifestyle guy. And the way that, you know, we play and interact with play partners and friends is building those relationships. So I'm not entirely surprised that that's kind of where this thing went. I am a little surprised at how far left it fucking went, not too shortly thereafter. So basically, he leaves and we make plans very quickly to see each other again. And the other thing I liked is the next time we talked about getting together, I was on my period. So it was like, I'm, and it was like the first or second day of my period. So I wasn't going to play that day. Right. And I told him that. I said, we can rain check for another time. He goes, no, I'd really still like to get together and talk and maybe just have a completely vanilla public time with you. And I really liked that in the moment. It (laughs) sounded good at at the time. In theory, it was like, okay, that's great. I really like the fact that this person obviously values me just beyond a pussy and a mouth, right? Not that I feel that with other play partners because I wouldn't continue to play with them if I did, but it was just to me a showing of you actually care who I am as a person. You want me to see who you are as a person. And I appreciated that sincerely in the moment. Right. Well, you did, obviously. So then I think what happened was this was the first time since the very first time that we had met that we were talking to each other without any potential of sex, right? There was no hormones clouding my judgment. There was there was no possibility of me seeing his cock that day. We were going to we sat at a bar and had a drink together and had completely vanilla conversation. And it was the first time that I started going, huh? A lot of what this guy is saying doesn't add up. There are holes in his story. There are certain things that he's saying that I don't think make logical sense. And and they had nothing to do with us or our sex or our connection with each other. They were more so his personal things going on. It was almost kind of like a braggadocious thing. Like he was saying certain things in my opinion, to make me feel like he was more impressive to me somehow. He was trying to be impressive to me. Yeah, which was, which when you mentioned this to me, I thought this is a complete waste of time. Like this is unnecessary stuff. So unnecessary. I mean, I wish we wouldn't have even gone down the path of talking about some of the things we were talking about. I would so much rather have gotten to know him 
on a more personal level in terms of like, you know, why he's at where he's at. Why is he finally ex- trying to explore his kinks? You know, why do some of these things speak to him? I would love to have had those conversations. Instead, we went down this very weird path of him bragging about things. And like I said, certain elements of his story didn't make any sense to me. And I left that session, that that talk with him, the conversation over a drink, with a lot of question marks. Yeah, the first thing you said when you and I uh, met up again was like, that was interesting, which to me, when you say that means that was odd and weird and you would prefer not to have done it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was just in such contrast to how I had known him up to that point, because although he's always been kind of over the top and loud and, and gregarious, I hadn't seen this kind of braggy side of him. And I had certainly never questioned his integrity up to that point. Okay? Right. Yeah. That, that, well, that's what that is, right? This is a character piece that we're going to be talking about here. So I kind of tried to put it out of my head to some degree. And I'll be honest, part of it was because our sex both times was so fucking good that I'm like, I don't want to overthink this and ruin a good sexual connection because maybe there are some things that don't 100% add up. Well, we talk about this a lot. Overthinking. We overthink a lot of stuff. Now, to be fair, I have attempted, as you know, over time, particularly as it pertains to my interaction with couples, to not overthink things and talk myself out of potentially a good time. But every time I've done that, it turned into a total flaming turd. So <laughs> I am not doing that anymore. I, I'm going with strictly instinct, and that is that is just it, because that's what's worked for me my entire life. I'm not going off that path. You, however, you come from a different mindset, and you are very much... You know, you want everything in its place when it comes to these things, and you can definitely talk yourself out of what potentially could be a good relationship or really a good sex simply because something to you seems like it's not in its proper place. I'm a perfectionist. That's what it is. And if things don't align just as so, I kind of self-sabotage. I well, you do it with me. Like we'll, like, we'll just do stupid shit. Like, we'll just play a music game or something. Like, we'll be sitting somewhere where we hear a song that you don't recognize or whatever. And I'll tell you when it was written, who wrote it. You instantly pick up the phone and fact check me. Yeah. You do it all the time. Yeah, I fucking do. Yeah, always. <laughs> so there's no doubt that this is, you've done the same thing. You know, you do that. You always do that. You will come away from a conversation, much like you did with him at the bar that day. You didn't say anything in the moment while you guys were talking. You just kind of let it roll. And then you take a few minutes and it starts to sink in. You're like, you know what? A, B, and C, that that shit just didn't align. And then you just start really digging in, right? So, but then what happened was a couple days later, he texts me and says that he is going to be doing, I don't want to say what the activity is because yeah, it's it too matter. specific and I don't want to out him in any way. There is a, a su- supposed activity that he's involved in that is happening very close to us. He's talking about how he's going to be uber involved in this thing. And he's kind of one of the important parts of it, the integral parts of this whole thing. And he has a hotel that's going to be right by us. And I'm going, that activity wouldn't be taking place on a Monday or Tuesday. That's a weekend thing. That doesn't make any sense. And so I start questioning that. And you know, I, I came to you finally and was like, this is bullshit. I can tell. I feel it in my bones that what he's saying is not true. And I don't want to continue to allow this to happen. It was too many red flags. It was too many times of inconsistencies. This is probably like time number four that he had told me something that made zero sense to me. Well, once again, this was death by a thousand cuts. Had nothing else taken place, had you not met him that day, 
and had that drink and had that conversation, chances are this would not have been as big a deal. The problem is it was becoming a pattern. Yep. And one thing leads to another. And all of a sudden now you're like, well, fuck, I don't know if I can believe anything this guy says because this absolutely doesn't make sense. So you came out and got me and you're like, hey, I need to tell you what's going on so you can give me your opinion. And you didn't give me a lot of information. You just gave me very vague details to give me the opportunity to have an unbiased opinion. Yes. And I was like, well, that's complete bullshit. I don't even need to know. I don't need to know any more about it. That story's crap. And the crazy thing about it, and I told you this from the beginning, about that type of personality and and really the, the DNA that someone like that possesses, it was the easiest thing in the world to fact check. Yes. It's, it was literally a phone call. Two phone calls and a, a quick internet browse, and that was the end of it. And we found out it was all bullshit. Well, I told you where to look. I told you what to ask. Yeah. And then you picked up the phone, made a call, and boom, it was over. Like, okay. So then you present him with this information, and, you know, typical narcissistic behavior that I expected. What does he do? He fucking doubles down. He fucking gaslights Triples the down. shit. At, well, first he says that he might have been scammed, and right. then he goes so far as right. to start gaslighting me and trying to make me feel... Feel like I'm fucking crazy and insecure. It kept saying, God, you're so fucking insecure. Yeah. And it turned into this whole thing. And I was very calm about it when I presented him with the information. I just said, hey, I fact checked your shit and it's not true. And I really want to have an honest conversation about why this happened. And I'm not judging you. Like, yeah, and why? Let's have a real conversation about it so that we can both understand what happened here and become better for it. Because it really, in the scheme of things, it didn't fucking matter. It amounted to nothing. It was a complete waste of fucking calories to even talk about it. Yes. It, because all he had to do was say, hey, I'm going to be in the area for a couple of days. Want to bang? Yeah. That would have been the, I mean, that's the beginning and end of the conversation. I don't need to know what the fuck you're doing or why you're there other than you're there and you want to see me. The rest of it is academic. So, yeah, I mean, the basically the downfall of this whole thing is when he starts talking about me in a bad light. Like, right. I am somehow at fault for this. And I was really proud of myself because I never got, I wouldn't say I ever got argumentative with him. I definitely stood my ground. I was confrontational, but I was very respectful. I let him know, hey, I'm not going to let you steamroll me here. I am not going to allow you to bully me into anything here. At this point, I do not trust what you've told me, and I don't want to move forward with you. Well, the thing that pissed me off really more than anything was the, again, I expected this, but it was the arrogance and the idea that you're now insulting our intelligence. He knew damn well that I would know, I would know for sure that he was full of shit when you told me this story. Right. Because he and I had a very in-depth conversation the very first time we met. Matter of fact, for the hour that we spent with him the first time, I probably talked to him for 45 minutes before you ever said a word. Yep. So... I know exactly where this is going. And the idea that you're just going to be, you know, you're going to be insulting and really just kind of demeaning and dismissive. It's like, man, I, I can't fuck with you. Like this, And I told you, I said, I don't care what happens going forward from here. This is over. I don't want to hear about this guy again. This, no. is, this is done. Because well, he can't be trusted. Incredibly toxic. And like you said, very narcissistic. So... I let it be. I wasn't going to speak to him again. He decides to have the balls to reach back out again two days later after I told him I wanted nothing to do with him and basically wanted to try to prove me wrong, sends fake text messages trying to prove that he was right and wasn't lying. And I could tell that they were doctored text messages. Well, it was also from a fucking texting app. An 11-year-old knows how to do that. Yeah. I mean, come on. Listen, there are certain things that take place in, a, in, in certain people's minds, right? 
I get it. You think you always have to be right. You have to be justified. You have to be the one that gets the last word. Your personality, your your bigger than life persona will not provide you the ability to take a backseat. To, to be accept humble. to accept responsibility for something that you've done and to or for that matter, even just to simply apologize and say, hey, it was fucking stupid. I'm a moron. I should not have done that. I appreciate you calling me out on it. I really hope we can move forward from here. That would have been the end of that it. That was my hope. My hope was, and I wouldn't have continued to play with him either way at that point because I, I just don't feel like that's a good idea to go down a path with somebody well, that has lied no, to you. because you just don't know what comes next. But if he had been honest and he had taken responsibility and said, yeah, I fabricated some things or I was feeling insecure this day and I just, you know, I, I made this shit up. I don't know why. We could have parted at least on a friendly level. It could have been, yeah, we're not a good play partner fit, but I still respect you and I appreciate that you did that. And the fact that he couldn't own up to that was was sad to me and obviously resulted in me wanting nothing to do with him. So I blocked him on everything. I just can't have that toxicity in my life. And I'm very, very glad that I did that. And I think that this was a huge learning lesson for me because the reality is our sex was so good. I am now fully convinced that there were all of these other red flags long before we sat down for that beer that I was completely ignoring. 100% you are because we talked about them. Because the truth is this whole conversation really is about what happened obviously after this and, and, and really what transpired beyond the, the time you went and had a drink with him. But the truth of the matter is because of how you play, how I play, how we like to interact with people and build these relationships, you were bothered by it and you were hurt by it. The following day... You were really despondent. We went out and we kind of, you know, I tried to get you out of it and we went and had a little bit of fun, but you were bothered, not just because this thing took a, a complete fucking left turn out of nowhere, but you were bothered at the fact that you got duped almost into it because you were so into it physically, you ignored what were very obvious red flags. Yeah. But listen, that's human nature. And the truth is those red flags in the moment didn't even fucking matter because this was really about the physical. Had that just been left out of the conversation, had all of that extraneous, erroneous bullshit that he was spewing been left out of it, you'd still be fucking the guy right now. Yeah. that's That was the whole thing. But, you know, again, you emotions get involved. You start talking to somebody regularly. You, be, you, you build a rapport. You're intimate with somebody a couple of times. And then, of course, continue to, to communicate with them and discuss things other than, you know, those that are on a sexual of a sexual nature. You're bound to develop feelings. On whatever level, and you were you were hurt by it, and so obviously there's a lesson to be learned there. Yeah, two things I will leave as far as lessons I have learned, things that I need to take away from this situation, and that I would like to impart on other hot wives looking to play with single men. First of all, I need to look at people holistically. I think in this situation I became a little bit cock hypnotized. I was you were dickmatized. I was dickmatized. <laughs> totally fucking was. I had so much fun with him those two times that we were sexual together that I allowed that to be the number one focus. And that is not the right way to look at being with a play partner, especially when you're with them multiple times, you're speaking to them on a regular basis. They're a whole ass person. It's not just a cock. Right. So that is my responsibility to understand that and to be able to kind of separate myself enough from the sex to still look at who the person is. Well, but listen, but you also have to decide at some point whether any of that other shit is important enough in the situation, right? Well, for me, it is. I don't want to play with a liar. Right. But at, in the moment, you could. this could have been stopped a long time ago, is my point. Yeah. You could have put an end to this thing long before it got to that point. Right. But once again, 
you're really excited about the physical aspect of this relationship and chose to ignore those other pieces. Yeah. And I think the other part of it and that I'm not necessarily going to accept responsibility for, but is something that I am going to be much more on guard with going forward is charming people are typically charming for a reason. I'm not saying that just because you're a charming person, it, it means you're a bad person, but almost always incredibly narcissistic people are also very charming people. They know how to manipulate. They know how to get what they want from people. They know how to say things to you in a way that make you feel important, that draw you in, that magnetize you to them. And that is absolutely what happened in this situation. And it's really unfortunate that those two things go hand in hand because it's fun to be around someone who's charming and fun and, you know, makes you feel good. But you always have to question And I am always going to question from here on out, why is that happening? Why are they trying to draw me in? Well, listen, we know, uh, I know a lot of charming people. I have been referred to as charming myself. And I think that a lot of times charm is a mechanism that people use. I do it certainly uh, when it comes to professionally. I've always been the guy that would be, um, I was the mayor of the fucking dining room. I had to be because I could smooth over a situation. It was not something that I really wanted to do. I didn't relish that. It just happened to be a quality I was able to resonate with people and, and communicate with people. Nothing wrong with being a good communicator. Nothing wrong with being charming. There's nothing wrong with any of those qualities unless you're using them in a malicious way. In a manipulative way. Or to be manipulative and to really steer something in a particular direction without somebody's consent. To be deceptive. I guess if you're using your qualities for deceptive reasons, I don't care what the quality is, that's not an awesome character you know, trait in a person. Yeah, agreed. So anyway, I learned some really important lessons from this whole thing. I had my feelings hurt. I will admit that. I'm also working on... It, it really is impossible to completely separate your emotion the way that we choose to play. It's impossible. We just talked about this. It would be easier in some cases, in some instances, for us to have those one-off experiences and then never see or talk to those people Never even again. think about it again. Because if I had played with him once and we had never spoken again, I would have been like, I gotta fuck this hot dude with a great cock who totally licked my pussy so, so nicely. Yeah. And that would have been the end of it. And there would have been none of the backstory and any of the other bullshit that, went, that I went through with him. But the fact is, I got emotionally invested because that's how we choose to play. Okay, so single guy tip of the week. What is it? Don't be a fucking narcissist. Don't be For ma- sure that. Don't try to manipulate situations to get what you want out of them. And I also think that this is a perfect example of somebody who does have some insecurities trying to mask those with bragging. Oh, listen, I'll take it a step further than that. This is a mental health issue. And I told you this when you started talking to this guy and when we first met him. There are certain aspects of you know someone's psyche because of what he does, who he is, who he was, how he behaved in his you know former life, let's just call it. Those are things that are going to, those are life lasting with you. That, that That's just now part of, again, part of your DNA. That's in you. And there that's serious. And there are certain aspects of that that really need some attention. And I hope he gets, he listen, he needs some attention. He needs to speak to somebody professionally about that piece of him. And it, it's important that he does that because that will, it literally will carry on with you forever. It will will go on forever. So for me, this is also a mental health piece. Doubt that that's a single guy tip of the week. For me, very simple. Pull that out of it. Single guy tip of the week is this. Fucking be yourself. Do not try to be more than you are. It's unnecessary. In most instances, it's it's so unnecessary to do that. And in a lot of cases, much like this one, you will absolutely work yourself right out of a relationship. Yep. 
it, it's that simple. Even if you are being genuine, you don't need to fucking brag. I don't need to hear about yeah, the 12 it. ways that you're so fucking awesome. Like, I don't do that, so I don't want other people to do that Well, listen, me. here's the bottom line. If we, I'm speaking for you and I personally, I'm not speaking for anybody else. If we're interacting with you to the extent that we have become friends with you and then we have become physical friends with you, we already like enough about you to get to that point. You do not need to, to be anything more than what you seem to be. If you are, that's great, but it's completely fucking unnecessary. Yeah. You know, it's not necessary. And for the hot wife, listen, we play a certain way. You play a certain way. If you play this way, this is a potentiality. This can happen. This is something you have to be mindful of and just be aware that it's a potentiality. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. I'm moving on from it, learning from it. Hopefully this has sparked some thoughts for those of you who are in the hot wife lifestyle. And of course, as a single guy, you need to be aware to be genuine, be the genuine article. Don't lie. It will be found out. We're a lot smarter than I think a lot of these guys give us credit for. (laughs) Uh, We typically on our bonus episodes on Patreon have been doing behind the scenes from play sessions and giving some juicy details. I don't think I'm going to do that this week. I think this one's going to lie. This is the last we're going to talk about it. But we do have some really fun things to share with our Patreon members that only they are going to hear. And we do that as a thank you for sponsoring the show, for allowing us to continue to do what we love as much as we do it. And we would like to say a very big thank you to the newest members of our Patreon community who this week are Sean, Alan, and Esme. Thank you guys so much for jumping on board with us. We look forward to getting to know you better via our Telegram group with over 100 sexy people from across the world in it, where we talk every single day about an array of different topics. Once again, those are just a couple of the bonuses that we offer. So head on over to patreon.com slash swingers to join us and receive your bonuses today. You can find the naughty stuff both on OnlyFans and Fansly. So I'll leave both of the links in the show notes for you there. We have some big content creation happening next week that we are going to be sharing on those platforms. So if you have not joined, if you've been thinking about it, now is definitely the time to do so. And you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at FP Swingers and Instagram at FPS Pod Media. What else do we have? We got Pod Bash. It is coming up. It is a short six, maybe a little over six weeks away. I'm not going to get a room for the weekend, but you certainly come out and hang out and party with us. You can see me in my unicorn onesie. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, there are lots of hotels nearby that you can still book a room and then just come for the day. We would still love to meet you if you're going to be in the Kissimmee area for Pod Bash, which is October 21st through the 24th. So all the details can be found at Pod podbashevent.com. And like I said, I have been super naughty and I've got some more stuff coming up that I'm very excited to share both with you guys and with Brian. As we have typically done, he is going to hear a lot of this real time with you guys. So make sure you stay tuned for all of that. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, everybody.